Joey Porter Jr. didn't get taken in the first round. NFL teams are going to regret that. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. My name is Zach Seiko, your host as always, and I am joined by good friend, very special guest because he is live on location in Kansas City for the 2023 NFL Draft. You think I just... People just think that I bring on uh, unimportant guests. It doesn't get any more important than this because we got boots on the ground today, and that is Adam Sheets. Adam, thank you so much for the time on uh, Friday morning here as we're doing a live episode. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. You know, it's great to be on. It was a great eventful NFL draft yesterday. And you said in the open, Joey Porter Jr. not getting taken. It's a tough, but I mean, a lot of corners went, and I think a lot of them are going to regret it when they see how Joey does in the NFL. I thought the commanders might have mm-hmm. reached with with their first selection. I, I didn't think that Joey Porter Jr. would have – he would have done well because he's Joey Porter Jr. Yeah. But it's also the commanders and the way that their system is. So I think that uh, there were much better landing spots in the first round. Um, I, clearly I was right that in the fact that Seattle needed a cornerback. That Now they mm-hmm. went with Witherspoon out of Illinois, but – I thought that uh, Joey Porter Jr. could have been a fit there. Not at number five, but if the Seahawks did have a 15 to 30 uh, pick in the first round, then, yeah, that would have made a lot of sense. Yeah, and they were at 20. They ended up taking Jackson Smith and Jigba there right. at 20. So, I mean, there would have been that chance if they would have went somewhere else at five than Joey sitting there at 20. I think it was weird because Christian Gonzalez fell as well from Oregon. A lot of people had him around that top 10 range. I don't get it. So, I mean, I was saying when Devin Witherspoon went five, we were saying that's really good for Joey Porter Jr. because we had him rated as our third corner off the board, but it just didn't work that out the way. Deontay Banks is going to the New York Giants, another interesting pick there at 24 for New York. So it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. I don't think his day is going to be long today. I think 32 to the Pittsburgh Steelers seems pretty good for Joey Porter Jr., a perfect fit. I thought people were mocking him in the first round of him at 17. I think the way the offensive tackles were drafted, they went up to get Broderick Jones jumping the Jets to make sure they get their tackle. And I think now they're probably going to pivot and go Joey Porter Jr. here, which will be a huge steal with the first pick of the second round. Well, Adam, you're out there courtesy of PSU Com Radio, um, of course, Penn State's Com Radio. So uh, you're doing the broadcast in real time, announcing picks, giving analysis uh, with your broadcast partners and the, the team that is out there with you, and then everyone back at the studio on campus of Penn State University. So uh, there were the rumors initially, because I want to stick with Joey Porter Jr., and then we'll talk about the second and third round being that it is Friday, and then ultimately where other guys could land for the Penn State Nittany Lions. Joey Porter Jr., there were the rumors surfacing that he he wasn't going to be able to uh, make it in the first round. I said, that's ludicrous. Why would someone like Joey Porter Jr. with the size, the intelligence, the bloodline, literally the football background that he has, why is he not being taken in the first round? And then the fact that I thought this was a good point, and I heard this straight from him. Everyone's concern was, well, he can't play off-ball coverage. He can't play off-ball. Well, what was he doing in Brent Price system before one season with Manny Diaz. So he clearly showcased his versatility. Do you have any indication, any inclination, why Joey Porter Jr. was not taken in the first 31 picks? Because remember, the Miami Dolphins, since they like to tamper, they don't get a first-round pick this year. 
Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. I think the one thing that came back to me was his 40 time. You look at the corners that we were saying kind of reaches. They had really good 40s in the four threes. You look at Deontay Banks, Emmanuel Forbes. Those guys can fly. And I think maybe that hurt Joey Porter Jr. I think a lot of people were concerned about how handsy he is. He's very physical, and sometimes that doesn't translate really well to the NFL with penalties. But I think it was really interesting. I think those might be the two glaring things that maybe held Joey Porter Jr. back from being a first-round pick in this NFL draft. But I think the big thing for Joey now is it's going to be fit. He lost out on some money, but now it's making sure he gets the best fit for him. Uh, I think a lot of people, as I said earlier, Pittsburgh seems to be a great fit at 32. Obviously, the bloodline, Joey Porter playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now his son may be going there. I think he's going to be a great fit wherever he goes just because of how the character he is. I think he's very versatile. I think that knock on him, I thought, was a little interesting because he did play for Brent Pry. He had to switch systems and play differently this year with Manny Diaz. But I think he's a very versatile guy and he's going to make a lot of teams happy today wherever he ends up going yeah I, I think that there will be regret not taking him in the mm-hmm. first round I mean I again I thought he was someone that would go after pick 15 I thought the Giants could have taken the commanders uh just about really the, the Seahawks again but they had already taken Witherspoon again if they had taken somebody let's say like a Tyree Wilson or a Jalen Carter if you will and that's what I thought the direction they were going to go is that they take a Jalen Carter who was arguably the best overall prospect in this draft, somehow the Eagles get a hold of him <laughs> and they're becoming the Philadelphia Bulldogs in some sort of sense here. But we're talking Penn State Nittany Lions, of course. So Joey Porter Jr., I, I feel like the Steelers get a little lucky here or they did their due diligence. They rolled the dice and they get, I mean, if we're splitting hairs Adam, right? If we're splitting hairs, this is technically still the 32nd overall mm-hmm. pick, which means technically... <laughs> It's the first round. Yeah, I mean, 32 is usually what we see. Obviously, we talked earlier, the Dolphins had to forfeit the 21st overall pick in this year's draft uh, due to tampering with Tom Brady. Um, So I don't know if Joey's going to be able to argue and maybe get first-round money here in the second round. Obviously not going to get the fifth-year option. Uh, But I think it's going to be a very interesting pick here at 32, especially if it is Joey Porter Jr., because I think the Steelers, they handled it right. They had to jump the Jets to ensure they get their offensive tackle for the future with Broderick Jones. And now sitting here at 32, they can look to the those other needs and Joey Porter Jr. was a guy they really liked at 17. We're hoping maybe they could find a way to get him and now he falls to their lap at 32. I think they got to be very happy. I'm going to be very happy if they're able to draft Joey Porter Jr. here in that spot. Again, the Giants did take a cornerback. They took Deontay Banks out of Maryland. So that that didn't surprise me at all that they they took a cornerback. It was just a preference of who they liked. And I know there were rumors that the Steelers were going to take uh, Banks at 17 had Broderick Jones not have been there. And I think the trade kind of solidified that because the Jets did take Jones. They would have selected, I think they would have selected Banks if I'm just being honest. That's that's my opinion. But now they know, I think they realize they did their homework and Joey Porter Jr. sliding past the Giants, the Cowboys. I was really worried that he was going to fall to the Bengals there late in the first round. But now we're here, pick 32, coming up Friday, uh, Eastern Standard Time. Eastern Time, it's going to be at 7 p.m. when the uh, draft starts up again. How does Joey Porter Jr. fit in with the Steelers before we move on to some of the other prospects that could be picked on day two here, Adam? 
I think he fits in really well. I think he's a physical corner. I think that's what you need, especially in that division. You look at the wide receivers, especially in Cincinnati. It's a loaded division at that position. And you got to ensure you have guys on the outside that can be physical and battle those guys. And I think Joey Porter Jr. fits that mold. I think Mike Tomlin knows him very well from the relationship he has with Joey Porter. I think they know he's a no-nonsense guy. He's a guy who's going to come in. He's going to be very physical, very aggressive, a great attitude. And he's going to be a winner for this Pittsburgh Steelers team. I think that fit and just knowing Joey Porter Jr. He's a Pittsburgh guy. He's from Pittsburgh, went to Penn State, and now going back to the Steelers. Penn State's got a good track record of putting guys in from the secondary into the NFL recently. Look at Jaquan Brisker last year had a great rookie year in Chicago, and now the Steelers may be trying to bank on that here with Joey Porter Jr. So I think it would be a perfect fit for him in Pittsburgh. I think the fans would love the pick. I think Joey would be really excited to play in Pittsburgh, and it would be great all around for everyone involved. Yeah, and when you bring up the physicality and someone who's going to play on the boundary, I immediately think of because I'm a Steelers fan. So this definitely helped, you know, being Penn State and Steelers at the same time, uh, this definitely helps my cause. But uh, I look at it and I think, well, Jamar Chase and uh, T Higgins, he might not be in Cincinnati that much longer. Right. But I think about those guys, Amari Cooper, and I'm like, you need to be physical with those guys uh, on the outside. And the Ravens just picked up not Odell Beckham Jr., but I'm thinking of Zay Flowers, somebody Mm -hmm. like that, who could be uh, pretty good for them, unfortunately, for a long time. Uh, It is Locked on Nittany Lines, the second and third round on this Friday. Again, April 28th is coming up later in the evening. Adam is live out in Kansas City covering this. He is covering this live for Penn State's Com Radio. Adam, before we move further, uh, tell people how people can listen to your coverage live in the moment. Uh, at PSU Com Radio on Twitter, you can go in, click the link, go straight to the Com Radio website. You just click play right there, and you'll be able to listen to all things the NFL Draft. It's it's a great coverage. We have a lot of great people coming on from the panel. Me and my friend McLean Young are out here right now, giving all the great coverage live from Kansas City. It was a lot of fun in day one. We can't wait to get started with day two. We're here more Nittany Lions names called here in day two. And day two, Jair Brown, Parker Washington, mm-hmm. potentially Brenton Strange, maybe a Juice Scruggs. I don't know. We're going to get your perspective. First, let's hear from a sponsor of today's episode, and that is Built. Are you looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and calories? Then you need to try the best tasting protein bar ever. It is Built. And if you're like me, where you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise all the tastes, then I've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Pops. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing. You're not going to think they're good for you. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That is right, real dark chocolate. And they come in unbelievably tasty flavors, churro, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better, they are healthy. 130 calories, that's all. Four grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box anymore. For years, we've been telling you, go to Built.com, which you can still do to order your specialty flavors. But now you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and get those specialty flavors, like I said, at Built.com. So head over to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate puff, or double chocolate bar, rather, and coconut puff. Or if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in. Grab a 13-bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter puff or churro puff. You can thank me later. 
It is a Locked On Nittany Lions, Locked On NFL Draft is very active. So I want to give a shout out, of course, to Adam. But over on the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On NFL Draft is doing some incredible coverage as well. You can find them on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And this podcast, Locked On Nittany Lions, is your go-to for Penn State rivals, Happy Valley Insider. So privileged to be a partner with them. Check out happyvalleyinsider.com. You're going to get all the analysis, like here on this live show, about the prospects that Penn State uh, has in the draft. Are all of them going to get taken? That's yet to be seen, but that's why we're going to talk about this right now. So we appreciate it. We're looking for your comments as well, and I see we got a few of them. Uh, do you guys think the Steelers take him? I hope. Miles, yes, we do, actually. We do think that. Adam, would you back that up? Yep, I, I think it just makes too much sense. I think Pittsburgh needs a corner. Joey Porter Jr. is there. He's a first-round talent that fell to the second round right there at 32, fell right into their lap. He's a Pittsburgh guy. I think it makes too much sense for the Steelers not to take him here. All right. And then we have two comments from Robert. Robert, I appreciate these. So the Lions always overestimate their draft value. They should stay in school to maximize value. That's what Jaquan Brisker did, actually. I think about someone like Jaquan and Jair Brown, right? Both of them could have gone. And here Brown is at the end of his eligibility. Now he's gone. But when you think about like a Micah, Micah Parsons took the season off. So these guys do make the decisions that are best for them. Sometimes at the end of the day, they're just done with college football. I think of Brandon Smith, uh, you can point, you can pinpoint individual cases, but for the most part, Penn State will tell them to go to the NFL draft, right? They, they will sit down and say, like a Saquon, let's think about Saquon Barkley. <laughs> Saquon Barkley wanted to come back. He wanted mm-hmm. to play another year. And James Franklin and this coaching staff had to say, no, you're going top five, potentially number one. You need to go to the NFL draft. Yeah, I think there's uh, some value and some validity to that statement. But I think the one thing these guys look at is can they improve their value by coming back? Joey Porter Jr., maybe because the cornerback class isn't as stacked next year as it was this season with all the corners going. But I think it made sense. I think Joey translates to the NFL. And it's hard when you're looking at the money these guys will have the chance to make on that rookie contract to stay in school another year. But it's definitely a good point there. I think Brenton Strange is a guy we're going to talk about here in day two that maybe could have came back another year. but. You know, definitely there's an opportunity for these guys to go get money. And I, you, you always, every coach is going to tell you to go when you get the chance. Well, and there's NIL now. Uh, so mm-hmm. there is that much. Robert also provided this as well. The Steelers may take the number one safety from Alabama and not Joey. That is very true. Again, there are a lot of guys that they like. Mike Tomlin's a relationship guy, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've noticed over the years that Mike Tomlin takes a lot of Maryland guys because he has a lot of connections because that's where one of his sons played. And so he was able to build those. So you, I don't know, Adam, if you remember, again, they were in the running for banks. They took Sean Davis, Anthony McFarland Jr. Like they've just always had that connection from Maryland players. But uh, Robert is referring to Brian Branch out of Alabama. And he's one, of, again, like Joey Porter Jr., one of the top remaining players available, including Will Levis, including <laughs> Will Levis. Uh, just he has the Penn State connection, so we should bring mm-hmm. him up. Okay, and, uh, so we've covered Joey Porter Jr. in the first and, and the top of the second segment here. And we're going to do this in about 20 to 25 minutes, of course, on a live reaction. Uh, Joey, So Jair Brown, that is a Jair Brown side helmet. If you can kind of see the 16 over here, Adam, if you're watching, of course, if you're listening, you're just going to have to take my word for it. Uh, it Jair Brown, I think, is one of, again, the NFL is making the same mistake again. The Lackawanna College to Penn State to NFL Pipeline, Jaquan Brisker, one of the most underrated prospects last year. Now they're doing it again with Jair Brown. Let's start with this again. You are out in Kansas City. You're covering the draft in person with Penn State's Com Radio. 
what, where do you think Jair Brown's going to get taken? Are there any teams? Have you heard any rumors about teams that are interested in selecting Brown on Friday? I, I think there's a lot of interesting places for Jair Brown. I think it hurt him a little bit that no safeties went in day one because now every safety is available here in the second round. A team that's kind of been thrown around, we've kind of heard, is the Philadelphia Eagles. They kind of need some help in that safety and that secondary. They're getting older on the back end, and they could be looking for a guy to fill that in. Obviously, Brian Branch is a guy they're looking at if he would happen to fall to Philadelphia. But I definitely think the Eagles like Jair Brown, and if he continues to fall in this draft, that'd be a great pick. They obviously know him very well being in Pennsylvania, seeing Penn State a lot. So I think Jair Brown and the Philadelphia Eagles could be a very interesting marriage here if that happens to happen here in day two. And the Bears make a lot of sense, right? Mm -hmm. They took Jaquan Brisker last year in the middle of the second round. There's a chance they could do it again because Jaquan Brisker is more of your up at the line of scrimmage type of safety, whereas Jair Brown can do both. But then you can they're they're honestly interchangeable. And that is so dynamic when you have your free and your strong safety. Either one of them can come down to the line of scrimmage. So the Bears could take him. Yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility. I think Jair Brown and Jaquan Brisker are like the perfect marriage at safety because they do things differently, and then they're very versatile at the same time. Jair Brown, probably more of a coverage safety in the back, and then yep. Jaquan Brisker, guy who wants to come up, play on the interior, go and make hits up near the line of scrimmage. I think they really balance each other off really, really well, and I think if the Bears would go that way, it would be a very good pick for Chicago, and they'd be pairing two guys that know how to play together, and I think that would be a huge thing for the chemistry in the back end. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. Chemistry. Uh, the Bears do pick at 22 overall in the second round and also 30th. Maybe they want to parlay those picks and move up if that's the case. If they view him as that kind of safety uh, and the Eagles would pick 31st, number 62 overall in this round, uh, just based on where we project. Another team I've heard, the Browns. The Browns like uh, Jair Brown a lot, but... They're not picking in the second round, so they would have to hope that he's going to take a tumble uh, down in the second round into the third, hypothetically. Okay, Parker Wash again. And I'm rooting for Jair Brown. He signed this nice helmet for me. <laughs> uh, and uh, But then moving on to Parker Washington, again, another intriguing prospect that could go on day two. Brenton Strange as well. Do you think either of those guys will go on day two? And if so, who's going to go first? Because I'm hearing that Brenton Strange could go in the second round, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I think I think Parker Washington and Bretton Strange are two guys that are really close. I think Strange might have been hurt maybe a little more than Parker Washington by the way the first round went because Dalton Kincaid was the only tight end taken, which means Washington and Michael Mayer are still available for teams that are looking for that tight end in the second round. I think Parker Washington and the New York Giants – It'll be a very interesting marriage here, depending on how fast some wide receivers go off here in day two, because the Giants desperately need a wide receiver. They don't have any weapons right now for Daniel Jones, and I think Parker Washington could fill that void. Very good, very explosive. He's shown that at Penn State before his injury, and I think that'd be a very interesting position if the Giants are sitting there here in day two waiting around and seeing Parker Washington start to fall, maybe go up and try to get Parker Washington to help Daniel Jones in this offense, especially at the wide receiver position. Yeah, Parker Washington is obviously a unique case. He's more of a slot receiver. I mean, that's where he played only at Penn State. Of course, they did go two wide receivers from time to time, but he was always inside close to the formation. I mean, he is a good he is a good slot receiver. He's uh, not overly fast, but he's quick. He's fly paper hands, right? He catches just about damn near everything. And he, he's got a bulky build for someone who's 5'11", around 200 pounds. So I like Parker Washington to go any. I think the Green Bay Packers do make a lot of sense. Yep. Old mock drafts had him, uh, especially since the Packers don't like to take first-round receivers. We see that's still the case, <laughs> even though Aaron Rodgers is out of town 
and uh, now Jordan Love is the starting quarterback, that they're still not going after a first-round wide receiver. They like to go after <laughs> defensive players. Uh, but I, I like Parker Washington there to uh, bolster that receiving core. Yeah, I think that definitely makes a lot of sense as well. I mean, you got to give Jordan Love some help. You know, you want to give him all the weapons to really see how successful he can be in Green Bay. I think Parker Washington fits in Green Bay. I think Kansas City is another place who's looking maybe for some depth at the wide receiver mm -hmm. position that could be looking for Parker Washington as well. So I think there's a lot of places here as we get into second and third round here with Parker Washington. It could be very interesting to see where he ends up. Can't hurt, can't hurt. Uh, again, Locked On Podcast Network is covering this very uh, thoroughly. It is the Locked On NFL Draft. And wherever you get your podcasts and uh, wherever you watch, again, search it up on YouTube. They are currently having uh, post-draft analysis after every single round and predicting what is to come and best fits. It is Locked On Nittany Lions. Adam Sheets over on the other side, live in Kansas City. I'm your host, Zach Seiko. And then in this final segment, Adam, just kind of quick rapid fire. Again, Brenton Strange, I think think has the potential to go on day two just because he's so good at blocking he's moved up draft boards has he moved up enough though I see him as a fourth round pick in my opinion yeah, I think that's definitely probably where I see him as well. I think, you know, obviously I mentioned earlier Dalton Kincaid was the only tight end taken in the first round. So I think there's obviously now that push that teams are going to have Michael Mayer and Darnell Washington there probably ahead of Brent Strange. I think there's some teams that could fit. I think New Orleans is looking for a tight end. Obviously the Cowboys are looking for their tight end as well. So I think there's definitely fits. And if maybe they like a Brent Strange better than some of these other guys, I could see it. But I think Strange may be slipping, sneaking into the third round, but probably more of a day three pick he'd be a great day three pick at tight end but I think maybe probably more realistic to see him on Saturday than today and he'll he'll definitely make a roster I think you bring up a good point mm -hmm. about a mayor and a Washington and this tight end class I, I frankly I think is actually really good there's a lot of sneaky good talent not your over the top like a Kyle Pitts I know Kyle Pitts hasn't exactly lived up to expectations but he was an intriguing prospect and someone that you would take all over again in the top 10 just simply based on potential but don't forget about a former Penn State player and Zach Koontz the kind of you know these these unicorn kind of guys that you just mm -hmm. have to uh, tap into the potential and then other Penn State players i mean mitchell tinsley is someone that has been labeled as potentially a huge steal in this draft uh he's going to be more of a day three prospect like a juice scruggs where do you think uh, let's start with tinsley where can tinsley end up in the fifth sixth seventh round and i think he just fits in anywhere because he's just so he's so intelligent adam yeah, I think anywhere that needs a wide receiver, I think he he really fits. I think you look at Green Bay, we talked about him with Parker Washington. Kansas City, we talked about them, the New York Giants, if they're still looking for more wide receivers if we get to day three. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are maybe looking for that third guy along with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. I think there's a lot of places that he could really fit in and be perfect there because he's a veteran guy. He knows how to run an offense. He showed his versatility switching systems from Western Kentucky and coming over to Penn State. He knows a lot of different things. He can work really well well outside you can move him inside at times I think that's really interesting to where Mitchell Tinsley can go but I really like his potential and to see what he could do especially you get to the fifth sixth seventh round we've seen receivers be extreme steals from those spots I think Mitchell Tinsley fits that mold to potentially be that guy here in this NFL draft and then there's Juice Scruggs, who is, according to ESPN, the third best overall center uh, 90th overall in terms of all the prospects which means that Someone that could be, especially because I, I want to bring up his versatility. He can play guard, okay? He can play either left or right guard. He doesn't have to be. He's not married to the center position. So there's a chance that he could be selected in day two. I still think that he's going to move up. Someone that was a projected sixth or a fifth round pick, I think could end up being taken in the fourth. 
Yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility. I think you made the big point. Versatility. That's what a lot of these teams are looking for at the offensive line, being able to move around, especially on the interior. A lot of teams are looking for interior offensive line help. I think there's a lot of great teams looking at it. I know the Eagles are looking for some maybe some help in on that offensive line, especially on the interior. I don't know if they'd go juice Scruggs. I think if they were going to try to address that problem now, they probably would have made a pick at 10 or 30 in that position. But I definitely think it's going to be very interesting to see how juice Scruggs go. I could see him in the fourth round. Don't think we'll hear his name today maybe sneaks into the late third round we get into the compensation mm-hmm. picks that we've seen added in the nfl draft but it can be very interesting i think juice scruggs fits in a lot of systems he's a guy we've seen some penn state offensive linemen that weren't highly touted coming out of college going into the nfl really work their way up rooms and be starting now in the nfl so i think it's gonna be very interesting i think penn state's got the track record and i think juice scruggs with the talent he has and his versatility will fit just about anywhere wherever he's put and then there is P.J. Mustafer, who a defensive tackle, once upon a time, I thought was a second or a third round pick. Knee injury happens, and he didn't have a good combine. He did not perform well. The, uh, the numbers are just bad, and he's gone from someone who was potentially a fourth or a fifth round pick because he has football smarts. Like, he is the smartest guy in the locker room. I don't care where you put him. He is going to be one of the most intelligent. He has leadership. He has the intangibles you can't teach. However... He did not test well. And part of being in the NFL, you have to have some athleticism. The knee injury, I want to say that it has done some to that. I think the rest will help him. But is this someone that does go undrafted? Because now it's gone from a fourth or a fifth round pick to potentially undrafted. The, the more I hear, the more I think this is probably very likely that P.J. Mustafer will end up undrafted in this NFL draft. I think he's immediately going to sign with somebody and then really work his way, and I think he might make a roster. Uh, he's very interesting because, as we said, he didn't test well, but he's one of those guys that you look around. He's a guy in a 3-4 system. You can chuck at nose tackle with the size he has, and he can be a true run stopper for you in the middle, which is something a lot of teams were looking for in this NFL draft. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see where he ends up. I think it's more and more likely, as I said, that he ends up undrafted, but he's a guy that once he gets signed could really work his way up because we mentioned his intelligence and his just raw talent that we've seen at Penn State when he was there. I mean, if you look back at the 2021 year when he came out after that knee injury, Penn State couldn't stop anybody from running the football, and they were doing a really good job before he came out. So I think that's going to be very interesting to see if he does go undrafted, where he signs, and how quickly he can work his way up through mini camp and training camp to maybe try to work on and make one of those rosters. All right, a couple more prospects, and it's just a matter of if they get drafted here. Nick Tarburton at defensive end, and then we'll save the best for last, of course. The six-year quarterback himself, Sean Clifford, uh, being labeled, at least I'm going to label him, as possibly the next Brock Purdy because he's battle-tested, okay? College career wasn't great, but NFL teams love battle-tested quarterbacks. Nick Tarburton, just simply a yes or a no, Adam. Uh, Does he get drafted in day three? Because he's not a day two prospect, unfortunately. I lean no. I think Robert Windsor getting drafted maybe, you know, looks around. They might think, you know, a team needs a guy at the end of the draft and maybe look at Nick Tarburton. But I would lean no. I think Tarburton's probably a guy who's signing after the draft's over and working his way up through camp and trying to make a roster. And then there's Sean Clifford, right? He's got all the intelligence. I'm sure he's tested well. He's had about close to a dozen NFL visits. Uh, did did decent enough at the pro day like he didn't overwhelm you but at the same time in the past pro days that he's been a part of whether it was last year's draft cycle or this year's draft cycle sean clifford has held his own and people have said okay yes he does have life uh in the nfl is that the case i i see him getting drafted in the seventh round that's just my opinion 
I, I see him drafting in the sixth or seventh round. I think he's the perfect backup quarterback. You look at how intelligent he is. You know he yeah. can run a system. I think he'd be a good scout team guy as well, running other team system just because of how smart and knows how to learn other people's stuff. I think he's the perfect backup quarterback. Now, does he have the talent to be a backup quarterback? I don't know that question yet. Teams will have to decide that. But I think definitely in the seventh round, we look at a team like the Cincinnati Bengals. He's a Cincinnati guy, maybe going back home to play for the Bengals in a seventh round draft spot. But I definitely think Sean Clifford will sneak in to draft if not he's also a guy that's definitely going to be signed immediately after the draft and find his way onto a team and be working out through camp adam sheets is live out in kansas city for the 2023 nfl draft again adam before we let our viewers go again on this live episode of locked on nittany lines appreciate your time adam where can people listen to you so to get that penn state perspective live in the moment uh, around the draft Commedia.psu.edu slash comradio. You'll go on, just click the play button. You can listen to all our draft coverage. Have phenomenal crew in the studio, as well as me and Mac Young out here in Kansas City for all your NFL draft needs. All right. And of course, Locked on Nittany Lines, now your go to podcast for Penn State rivals. Visit happyvalleyinsider.com for everything Penn State athletics, including all the draft analysis for your favorite Nittany Line prospects. Adam, thanks again for the time, as always. It is great to see you, and I hope you're having a great time out there in Kansas City. Yep. Thanks, Zach. Always a pleasure.